Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Small Business Digest Radio. My name is Don Mazzella, and I am your host for a program devoted to identifying strategies and suggestions to help small business managers increase profits, add sales, better manage cash flow, improve employee management, and streamline operations. Our guests are other entrepreneurs and experts offering their solutions to the problems and opportunities facing small business leaders. Our aim in each program is to provide one or two thought-provoking ideas or suggestions. So follow us on Twitter at hashtag 2SBDigest or at our website at www.smallbusinessdigest.net. You know, we we have a very interesting program uh, this morning. We also have two guests. Uh, somehow or other, uh, uh, our producer put the, put the two guests together, but that's okay because it oftentimes leads to a much more interesting program. Our first guest is Jimin Yip. Uh, he's C- CEO of cloud uh, of a cloud enablement company. Um, and called Bit Titan. I love that name. We're uh, we're going to hear from you, uh, uh, Jimin, in one second. But first, I'd like to ask our second guest to identify himself. Yeah, hi. This is Asif Khan, I'm the CEO at Care Merge, which is a care coordination uh, network for senior care providers. Ah, okay. So. Um, we, we've had somewhat of a, a mix-up, but that's okay. Uh, that's what, the fun part of this program. If you'll be patient with us uh, and uh, feel free to comment in uh, while we talk with Jimin, uh, then we'll talk with you. Okay? No problem. Thank you. No, Now, we go back to Jimin because he's got a fascinating background and a fascinating problem he's bringing to our attention. Jamin, first, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me today here. Um, my name is Jamin Yip. <clears throat> I've actually been in the cloud business for um, almost two decades now, um, You know, starting pre-dating um, here, the millennium, <clears throat> into Microsoft for almost nine years. And I started BitTitan in 2007. Um, and really, that's when you know the cloud was just really starting to take off what we know today. And, um, you know, in in 2009, we launched a product um, called MigrationWiz, which was purely an email migration solution. And and back in 2009, it was the gold rush. And since then, the cloud has really emerged to be more than just email. And we've really transformed from an email migration solution 
to a multi-workload migration solution because people not only buy email, but you know people do SQL, people do collaboration, public folders, files, etc. To an onboarding company as devices were introduced, where we now configure the last mile after you've gotten your data to be moved when you transition to the cloud. And then today, the state where we're at today is we're really a business in a box. We're really a turnkey solution for businesses to transition to the cloud seamlessly, regardless of what cloud application you're going to buy. Well, that's good. That, that's good to hear because a lot, a lot of us small businesses have that problem. But you're bringing a particularly interesting uh, uh, problem to our attention, and that's why you're on the program. Well, what is that problem, Eamon? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the biggest problems you have today is that there are these infrastructure-as-a-service opportunities like Azure, and really organizations are confused about how to actually take advantage of them because generally you see them as a developer-centric type of platform, and organizations you know, don't even understand what applications they have in their environment. Nonetheless, even like which one do you move and how do you actually even get them to the cloud because of the interdependencies and the complexities of IT infrastructure. And what we've launched and our philosophy at BitTitan is to introduce what we call starter kits. Starter kits are the ability where people, exactly what they sound, a kit to get them started on a specific topic. And when you talk about Microsoft Azure, one of the fastest growing you know, cloud segments there are, our customers can basically use the starter kit and it can basically help you do one of three things. The first thing is a health check. That health check, as I described, one of the problems were even identification of what applications you need to get to the cloud. So that what our health check does is basically an agent that you run inside of your infrastructure and you just let it run for 14 days. And then after that 14-day period, it tells you all your applications, does an inventory of your infrastructure, tells you the interdependencies of what you actually have. And then furthermore, it takes it to the next level by doing a cost analysis and telling you exactly how much you will save if you moved into a Microsoft Azure environment. And it does an entire side-by-side -side comparison of what it costs you today and what it's gonna cost you if you moved and really that delta saving and really empower the businesses to make that determination of whether or not it's right to move to the cloud, right? Because the first thing is to inform people. So that's our health check for Azure. The other thing we have is that, you know, Microsoft SQL has been so prevalent. There's a lot of applications that's built on top of SQL technology, that database technology that powers many applications worldwide. Our database migration allows people to basically do the same thing as HealthCheck for Azure, but it's specific for databases. It basically analyzes your database, determines the readiness of it, figures out if you can even move it to the cloud, if it's backwards compatible, because you have all these different versions, different service packs, hot fixes. You don't have to worry about that anymore. We will take all that hard work and basically tell you, are you able to move? Are you ready to move? Or are you not ready to move? And then the last thing is our cloud storage migration. With the introduction cloud storage, you know, storage now is a commodity. It costs 
pennies, right, on an ongoing basis to store your data. And because of that, we're really starting to see people accumulate more and more data globally, whether it's backups, whether it's just their raw data, whether they're trying to create high availability. And our cloud storage migration allows you to migrate any type of data that's unstructured in the cloud between cloud services. So whether you want to come from Amazon or any other service, you can get that to Azure and vice versa. Wow. Uh, you, you know, that's the greatest four-minute commercial I've heard in a long time. Uh, you know, we congratulate <laughs> uh, But But uh, I brought you on because you also sa uh, said that um, uh, the servicing of SQL uh, 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 boxes are, are going to end as as a Microsoft service uh, at the end of April. What does that mean for small businesses? Oh, that's very critical. Because when you're talking about end of life, what does end of life mean for an application? Well, that means that if you have a problem, your server's crashing, there's issues, it's not supported anymore. There's no longer any hot fixes. You know, Microsoft is not going to help you with those problems, and the community is not even going to help you because they're unable to really give you hot fixes that are going to fix that product. The other thing with end of life is that it's prone to security issues, right? When you talk about security risk, a lot of our security risk is basically based on old, outdated software that hasn't been updated. So it's very critical, especially for small businesses, to get off their legacy platform. And small businesses are known for having a high amount of legacy applications because of the fact that they don't have an IT admin readily available that is constantly keeping their infrastructure up to date. Well, that, that's true. Uh, uh, now, in the interest of time, uh, I want you to stand by, and we're going to go to our next guest, who really has a, fa a, a totally different but fascinating. Uh, can you stand by and comment uh, if you feel free? Okay? Jimin? Sounds great. Okay. Now, our next guest, will you please tell us a little bit about yourself personally, because uh, a little note's been put, put on, on my desk about you, but I want to hear it directly from you. Yeah, so first of all, um, I sincerely want to apologize for dialing in a little bit early. <clears throat> I was supposed to dial in at 10.30, but somehow my calendar got messed up and dialed in a little bit sooner, so I apologize for that. Um, um, I can drop off, and you can continue your conversation, and I can dial back in in 20 minutes if you like. No, no. Let's, no, you're here now, and sometimes uh, the, the, there's interaction. Tell us a little bit okay. about yourself uh, self personally um, uh, before we talk about anything else. No, absolutely. Thank you. Um, and it's really nice to see the other guests talking about cloud and how the how important it is. Uh, so with CareMerge, we are a cloud-based uh, uh, healthcare care coordination uh, uh, platform. And uh, But before I tell you about that, my background, I come from, um, you know, majority of my life spent at GE, a general electric company in various GE businesses. Um, majority of it was spent in GE Healthcare IT, where um, you know, my last stint at GE Healthcare IT, I was a global leader for uh, radiology infrastructure product. Uh, it's called PAX. So if you go to a hospital or health system, they have all these ultrasound, CT, MR, 
all those types of images getting generated, uh, and they come in a much more intelligent, organized way to a radiologist on a big high-res monitor so they can diagnose problems very quickly. So that was my product. Uh, I was a product leader, and uh, before I resigned, I was responsible for over 3,000 uh, hospital health systems worldwide. Um, and uh, that's a little bit of my background uh, before I started CareMerge. Well, well, let me ask you a question. You you had this job at GE, yet you decided to open your own company. Why? Well, um, so a very good question. Um, so as I was um, you know, in any global role at GE, you, you're exposed to all kinds of things all around the world. And, um, you know, as I was doing all that uh, work, I, I, something happened personally. So my par- parents, they live uh, in very remote areas of the world, building, you know, volunteering and building infrastructure. So like uh, clean water, orphanages, schools, things like that. Uh, one day I get a call from my dad that my mom has collapsed and she's on ventilators. Uh, so thank goodness she's okay now. But, you know, four years ago, uh, I fly over there. I see my dad with a big stack of paper paperwork. So I was really frustrated with him. I was like, Dad, you know, I understand, you know, I commend you for what you do, but you're really growing old. You're living in the middle of nowhere, and you don't have your information organized. You know, you're practically asking for these things to happen. So he he's a very smart guy. He comes back. He's like, Asif, you know, you... You live in the most uh, advanced country in the world, United States. You work for the biggest company in the world in healthcare, GE. Why don't you tell me which medications you took three months ago? Hmm. I mean, I couldn't answer that. Nobody can, right? And why yes. is that, right? So that that was the enlightening moment uh, that made me kind of really think about healthcare and how information is so siloed, right? I mean, uh, you know, we can order pizza from our phone, we can get directions from our phone, we can book flights, transfer money, list goes on and on. But the most important thing about us is our health and our loved one's health and well-being. We have no clue about what's going on with them. So uh, so I resigned from GE, ventured out and created, started Care Merge and focusing primarily on seniors, you know, elderly. Uh, and when you look at elderly, there are 10,000 people in the United States reaching age 65 every day for the next 15 years. Just think think about that, right? It's uh, When we talk about baby boomers or silver tsunami or, uh, you know, those kind of facts, you're going to realize how fast this population is aging. Around the world, it's actually even worse, but just it's just in the U.S. So when you look at, uh, you know, your, your simple consulting 80-20 rule kind of methodology, you look at 20% of U.S. population is close to over 65, okay? That is driving 80% of the healthcare expenses, right? So if you really think about it, then you start to go down that path and you say, okay, what? who is caring for these high-acuity seniors? You know, there are people still living at home, but once they can't, families can't take care of their elders at home, they have to move them to senior living facilities. So whether it's you know, assisted living, memory care, skilled nursing, hospice, palliative care, list goes on. So um, that's where we focus on in the highest, most highest security patients, and we streamline the communication around those highest, high, highly acute patients by bringing everybody together. So what that means is the, you know, these seniors have, you know, at least two to three specialists involved. 
they have family members involved, they have facility nurses and other staff involved, they have therapists involved, home health care involved, uh, psychologists involved, all kinds of people involved, case managers for insurance companies involved. It's a, it's a mess because people are talking using the phones, faxes, paper to talk to each other, and all those conversations are siloed, whereas the whole team needs to know what what the heck's going on with this person. So we bring all that communication and automate the coordination of care as people uh, start to care for these elderly to really streamline, um, you know, better, to help make better decisions, help better outcomes, um, and reduce any readmissions and um, avoid hospitalizations. So, well, that's that's absolutely uh, something. Uh, I, I, I'm amazed. Uh, let me ask. I'm going to ask both of you this question, and I'll start back with Jimin. What has been your single biggest obstacle to success in your business? We'll start with Jimin. Um, you know, Bitline is a bootstrap company that I, you know, started up almost nine years ago, um, you know, for myself in my basement, writing almost a quarter million lines of code to uh, a global company that's over 150 employees now worldwide. And I think one of the single biggest obstacles for me <clears throat> is really myself, right? I mean, the, you know, when you, talk, when you start a company, especially when you're bootstrap, you, you really have two things that you need to accomplish as a company. You need to have, you need to create a product, and you need to sell a product. And unfortunately, in today's world, those two skill sets are very mutually exclusive. So, you know, I come from a heavy engineering background and transitioning to business, you know, it took me years <clears throat> to really be able to get into that uncomfortable situation to understand how to sell a product. Um, so I think the biggest obstacle, I think, <clears throat> for any business or any entrepreneur is really themselves because we as humans are naturally inclined to not do expertise that are out of our wheelhouse because we're afraid to fail. Before we go further, what's your website? Uh, www.bittitan.com. Can you spell it out? Yes. B-I-T as in Taylor, T-I-T-A-N.com. And, and uh, you, what, 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 what do you, uh, you, you come from GE, which is engineering uh, and process oriented. What did you find as your greatest uh, uh, obstacle? Yeah, I think uh, the greatest obstacles we are finding in uh, healthcare, and it's not just care merge, I think it's any company that's uh, serving in healthcare, is, uh, you know, people have been caring for patients for hundreds or thousands of years, right? <laughs> and uh, just recently, in the past maybe a couple of hundred years ago, we started to formalize a process uh, of healthcare, right? If you're doing a certain type of surgery, this is the type of protocols you use, this is the tools you use, this is how you do it. If you, uh, you know, caring for people, how do you care for people, and how do you communicate with different people who are caring for the same patients? And uh, things that are very common, you know, tied to those workflows is, you know, phones and faxes and paper. So, you know, people are used to using these tools in the past 100 years. And, uh, 
you know, just uh, faxes actually came in much later. <laughs> but we're used to using certain type of technologies in in uh, in caring for patients. So the biggest hurdle for us is to to help people understand that there is a better way to to communicate and bring everybody together rather than siloed phone conversations, siloed faxes. Uh, we are in a kind of similar situation where if you compare us like uh, with something like an iPhone, right? Seven years mm-hmm. ago, if I had to ask you or, you know, uh, the other participants, uh, you know, to say, hey, you know, um, uh, get me directions uh, or order me some specialized food from this part of the town, um, and uh, get that for me. I mean, how would you even think about going about it? I mean, because you don't know where it's located, so you have to probably open up the yellow pages. Then you have to find the number, maybe call that number, and say, ask them whether it's a delivery is available or not. And if it's not, then you have to actually go there. And in order to go there, you have to print out some kind of MapQuest directions or kind of get directions from the phone, but now it's, you can use Grubhub or there's lots of ordering tools, and I don't even have to worry about it. I just order it from my phone and I get food on my in my house. So it's it's one of those things where people, you know, if you don't have it, you don't understand how better your life can be, right? Uh, and Correct. once you get the taste of it, you can let it go. So that's kind of like the challenges I think what we are facing is, more about people are used to doing certain things in so for so many years, and how do we help them to understand uh, that there's a better way to do it? And once all the clients that we get, uh, we we never lose, we hardly ever lose a client. So they're always uh, extremely you know happy because now a lot of that clunky workflow is gone and everything is automated. Oh, thank God for that. The name of your website and how people can find out more. Yeah, it's a, it's a www.care, as in care, C, as in cat, A, R, E, as in elephant, care, and then merge, like you merge something, M-E-R-G-E. So caremerge.com. Wow, interesting site. Now I'm going to ask you another question. Um, a study just came out saying that the uh, uh, small businesses are, by and large, optimistic about their own business, but uh, but l- less optimistic about the economy. How do you feel about that? Uh, those two questions. Yeah, this is G Man with Bedtime. Um, you know, I I I absolutely agree. I mean, <clears throat> I think you know, I can't I can't speak for optimism of individuals' businesses because only the business owner really understands their core problems. Um, But, you know, the economy definitely has a huge play into, you know, the operations and the success of the small business. So, you know, when you talk about the current state and the current financial state of where we are, um, you know, as a nation or even as a world, you know, it's very difficult to get a small business loan. Right, it, it's way harder, you know. When you, even when you look back at the mortgage crisis, and then you looked at how, the difficulties and the hoops that you have to jump in to actually get a, um, a a loan for your home, it's even more difficult for businesses. I mean, you really they basically want personal guarantees, and there's a, a lot of things. So when you talk about uh, you know loans, there's that aspect. You know, when you talk about investments, I mean, the entire market is down right now. People are afraid um, to actually invest in the market. We're actually seeing a, a lot of um, you know, investor type people who are, who are basically holding off 
uh, on doing that, right? Uh, because of the fact that, you know, they're worried that, you know, the world is collapsing in front of them, especially when you talk about, talk to uh, bankers specifically. What about you? How do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the general bigger economy, I think, uh, you know, people are a little bit concerned, but I think uh, what's really great in uh, healthcare, um, you know, is uh, because of the Affordable Care Act and all the different benefits are people are starting to see coming out of it, uh, it has really spurred a tremendous amount of growth uh, in the industry, in healthcare. So there are all kinds of technologies, all kinds of uh, businesses that are being formed, whether it's services, whether it's technology, whether it's infrastructure, uh, risk owners. I mean, there's like a huge amount of activity uh, that we are seeing in healthcare. And so I think uh, that that's great news from a healthcare perspective. I think this is going to continue that way for 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 the longest time because compliance and regu- regulations are driving a lot of this innovation. Um, that historically, you know, it's kind of like like a fax and phone call, paper based kind of industry. It's really getting reinvigorated because of the Affordable Care Act, uh, and it's really creating a lot of jobs in the sector. Um, and a lot of companies raising more venture capital money. Uh, so I am, you know, from uh, from overall economy, uh, you know, yeah, there are concerns uh, with respect to healthcare. I I'm pretty, I think it's looking looking great because there's we we're just scratching the surface on improving uh, healthcare uh, with with technology and innovations, and we will continue to see it. I think for at least the next five years. And, you know, I'd like to add a couple points here. Um, you know, when, when you're talking about uh, an economy, you know, and, a, uh, and an economic crisis where, you know, people are pulling back their money, it actually stirs a significant amount of innovation within small businesses itself and really helps them to prove out their business model, right? Because they're going to start looking at cost savings because they don't have the line of credits they used to have, et cetera. And not only that, but the, with the innovation of the cloud, it really helps them to lower their costs, right? So when you talk about, you know, where they should be spending their money is really optimizing process, right? Removing all those manual steps, all the labor-intensive things that they do and try to adopt cloud services, which are generally pay on a per-consumption basis. And that's what I think is really exciting about technology is because when the economy is down, technology can really help these businesses to really focus on their core uh, businesses and then outsource all those things to a very cheap and and very and it's lowering right by the year it's lowering on an ongoing basis of these cloud services that these small businesses that can adopt especially when you talk about IT which is a huge spend in these uh, IT organizations and if they're not an I, if they're not a big spend it poses risks right to their infrastructure to their core business if their data is leaked out if there's PII information etc I, I agree with you, but let me ask you a question. Um, thir- uh, $0.33 cents of every dollar spent on health care is spent on uh, paperwork. Uh, do, you see, uh, do you see any chance that that, that figure will, will uh, be reduced as things move along? Yeah, I mean, ab- absolutely. I mean, that's like when you say $0.33 every cent, that's like one-third of your health care expenditures. And it's it's not just um, you know paper. It's actually all the inefficiencies that uh, that that um, that that creates you know because of siloed discussions, 
people don't have the right information at their fingertips so they are delaying their decisions which really impacts patient care and experience and bad things happen afterwards so yeah absolutely i think uh, a lot of the technology and uh, innovation that we're seeing in healthcare space was really driven to uh, improve efficiencies uh, you know and i think we'll hopefully i think over the next uh, you know uh, several years we will start to see our healthcare expenses as a nation should technically start to go down because uh, we are taking advantage of the technology to help us make better decisions faster which will in turn result in better outcomes uh, would you like to add to achievement Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I, I definitely agree that there's a lot of inefficiencies in healthcare. I'll give you one <clears throat> great example, <clears throat> excuse me, of inefficiencies. When you go and visit a doctor, okay, in order for them to even, you know, charge your insurance, right, to get reimbursed, they have to go and make a phone call to the insurance company. And then, in a lot of cases, <clears throat> they're either put on hold for 15, somewhere between about 15 to 45 minutes before they actually even talk to a live person. And then they need to get an authorization on that insurance account to actually even bill that, in which then they go and submit you know, a billing um, of that services to that healthcare provider. And... If you just look at how much time is spent, and, I, and, I, and I, it's funny because I speak to a lot of healthcare providers about technology, I mean, that's a lot of time wasted. It requires a physical person to make a physical phone call in order to get authorization, where if, they, if we transitioned all of that infrastructure, that inefficiency is a cloud, in just that one example alone, right, I can get an authorization in a fraction of a millisecond if that were just delivered through an app, a mobile app, or through a web page, et cetera. So when you talk about, um, you know, innovation and, and where we're going, I think they have to move in that direction because if they t I think that there's going to be other insurance companies that will, and then they'll be left behind the times. And I think that you'll begin to see that costs start going down, right? And you, I think you already see this today, you know, with new types of companies that are trying to manage these, like a Zenefits and things like that. And I think that you're going to begin to see a lot more innovation going down more into this core infrastructure of services level in the next three to five years. Uh, I, I totally agree. Uh, uh, as we close up now, um, t um, uh, let's have some final thoughts. Uh, we'll, we'll start with you, Yemen. Um, you got the beginning. You'll get the end, um, well next to the end. Tell us the. Uh, um, t what are your final thoughts? Where do you think the wor world is go coming today, in terms? Well, you, yours is you're moving from from. Uh, uh, from desktop to cloud, how do you see things happening? Yeah, I, I think that, you know, uh, in, current, in the current state, there's already a huge movement in that, right? And when you talk about, you know, seven years ago when I, when I started this adventure, it was only designed for very small businesses. And now there's a lot of hurdles that are being overcome, including privacy, regulatory issues, et cetera. So you're seeing a lot more large organizations. And really, we're not even at the tip yet, right? If, if people think that the cloud movement is huge of where it's going today, I don't even think we're even close to being at the pivotal point where you're going to see a mass migration to the cloud. 
I think in the next three to five years, we're going to begin to see that play as we get an alignment of regulatory privacy issues, right? All these um, um, cloud, new cloud services being introduced. How do you actually communicate with them? So there's really a lot of complexities when you talk about innovating in the cloud and how do we actually interoperate as a single cloud service, regardless of who's actually providing those services. So I, th I think it's really exciting times. And for small businesses, I think it's an amazing time too, because of the fact that, you know, this isn't something new, all these line of business applications. So for them to be in it today, they're able to adopt, you know, software that only enterprises and Fortune 100 companies were able to leverage, right? When you talk about 10 years ago, only those companies could afford this technology. And now, really, with the cloud, it's bringing all this Fortune 100 technology to the masses, including small businesses, which I think is that exciting opportunity. And we're going to begin to see more and more of it. And, you know, when we started off around IT and small businesses, that should just be eliminated today. I mean, I think Small business IT can be eliminated today all into the cloud. And as we move more and more into the future, a lot of their core business will move uh, into the cloud also. Uh, again, your website? What's your yeah. website again? Titan, yes, bittitan.com. B-I-T, like your digital bits, and Titan, T-I-T-A-N. Okay. And now your final thoughts. Yeah, um, I completely agree. I think everything is going toward the cloud. Uh, we are seeing a big uh, change in healthcare because if it's not in the cloud, you can't really pull in uh, any anybody else onto it and you know help coordinate care in the most effective manner. What I do believe, though, and after you know, I think if we look at it in the next five years, you know, people everything move gets moved to the cloud, and I think there's a lot of discussion about Internet of Things. Um, I I think before Internet of Things will happen, we will probably see a brief period of Internet of Connected Workflows. So what I mean by that is a lot of these technologies and solutions are getting to the cloud, and by integrating different services together, because you know, to if you're looking at small businesses, if they can pick one thing that they're really good at and start offering that service, uh, and they can then get connected uh, easily with with other systems. So. so um, from a delivery perspective, credit card perspective, we're already seeing quite a bit of that, you know, websites integrating PayPal or, uh, you know, credit card processing and, um, uh, you know, shipment, partnering with a shipment organization like FedEx or something to really have the end user get a, you know, really complete, uh, you know, experience. You know, from the time I click on the website to the time product comes to me, it's not just one company doing it. It's a whole bunch of companies with integrated, connected workflows delivering that. Uh, so I think uh, we'll see what we are seeing is an early start of that as more and more companies and more and more data gets to the cloud. Uh, this Internet of connected workflows will, will be more prominent and uh, will we'll probably end up somewhere at Internet of Things afterwards. So I'll leave with that. Okay. And your website again? Yes, it is www.care-merge, like you merge things, so M-E-R-G-E, so caremerge.com. Okay. Thank you both, gentlemen, for an extremely interesting uh, 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 half-hour, 40-minute uh, meeting. It's been uh, fun, and I hope both of you will come back sometime in the future and talk some more. 
because you certainly gave us a lot to think about. Thanks a lot for your time. Thank you. Pleasure. Have a a nice day and good luck to both of you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Hello, and welcome to Small Business Digest Radio. My name is Don. Thank you for listening tonight. All of our guests are invited because they offer actionable advice to our audience. They do not pay to join us, but rather demonstrate their capacity for helping our audience add profits. Thank you for listening, and we'll be here again next week with other experts to talk about ways to improve your profit picture. Remember, we're here every week at blogtalkradio.com slash smallbusinessdigest. If you like what you heard today, tell others about our efforts. If you would like to be a guest or suggest topics for future hours, email me at info at smallbusinessdigest.net. That's info at smallbusinessdigest.net. We would also like to remind listeners that besides our radio efforts, Small Business Digest comes to you via the web, through our video channel, and in our magazine. You can subscribe for any or all of these by going to smallbusinessdigest.net. That's smallbusinessdigest.net. Thank you, and have a good day. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.